So Taylor and I are uh, sitting here waiting for uh, Ghost Coats game to uh, to hop online and talk to us about um, Asteroid but Roguelite. Is it Asteroid but Roguelite or Roguelike? Roguelite. I think it's Roguelite, yeah. Which okay, cool. I feel ignorant because now I, I don't even actually know the difference, but we don't have to get into that now. I'm um. not <laughs> certain there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so we're just killing some time, and we wanted to use this um, these few moments as like a, a scratch board for talking about the future of Game Devs Quest. Game Devs Quest 2.0, as Taylor and I have nicknamed it. Uh, some of y'all have heard mumblings about it in the Discord, specifically um, if you've been a guest on the show or anything like that. Um, but we're, you know, obviously um, we've been doing less episodes, um, but... Uh, you know, both of us love this community so much and we love doing the podcast so much that we didn't want to give up on it. And, uh, with our lives sort of, um, being controlled by, uh, you know, uh, current circumstance, we, um, are trying to find a way to put episodes out that still entertain people, that still allow people to know what's going on with us, that, um, maybe are informative, things like that. And so we kind of settled on a, almost like a seasonal structure we've kind of started calling it yep. um, or maybe like a series structure giving uh, giving our podcast a little bit more of a direction a little bit giving a chain of episodes a little bit more of an arc um, right. and yeah. it's not quite certain how that's going to be done specifically when it's all done but from kind of a top down perspective uh, Taylor um you know, yeah. you want to tell them kind of what we're looking at? Well, so here's kind of what's going on in my head. Um, you know, our our podcast has been very loose over the years. We started off with this very uh, high-level goal of becoming game developers and learning together and kind of sharing that experience. And we're definitely not done with that. But I think um, because of the fact that, like, scheduling for us has been so difficult lately, um, it's we we want to both like limit the number of podcasts we put out because scheduling so hard but we also want to put out very focused content um so the way that i kind of envision this is that we will um decide on like it doesn't even have to be a certain number of of seasons or mini series a year but basically we'll do several seasons a year and each season is going to be, you know, three to five episodes or maybe 10. Right. Um, I think and, when we use the word like season or series or whatever, we're using it very loosely just to describe a, a loose connection between betwixt episodes. Yeah. So it's sort of like a overarching a theme. Yeah. Focus yeah. for that season or whatever you want to call it. Um, so one of the one of the example of what we're talking about is like one season we might dig into the history of game development so we might go through and play a bunch of old games that came out in like the 80s or whatever we might read some books on it we might make a game in a similar fashion and then basically you know we'll do five episodes on that 
might be episodes where it's just me. It might be episodes where it's just Rhett. Could bring on guests. Could be both of us, you know, shooting the breeze like we normally do. Um, and then once we've sort of let that run its course, we might move on to something else that's completely different. Um, yeah. And I want to say, like, I went back and listened just to little bits of some of the episodes I did on my own with, uh, like, the design patterns and stuff. Yeah. I see that these new episodes being kind of like that, where they're some of them are hyper focused, and yeah. will just like dig super deep into a particular topic, um, because like I almost want to see some of these episodes be educational resources um, for people. So, but you know, at the same time, not keeping it so structured that it's boring for most people. We'll we'll bring in um, guests and we'll you know, talk and joke like we normally do, but, um, but that way, you know, we have a little bit more direction. We can shift gears whenever we want to. And, uh, it also gives us some flexibility to put out fewer podcasts, but also continue to put out podcasts and kind of, I don't know. I kind of see the podcast as being like a, um, what's the word? It kind of like keeps the community together a little bit. Um, yeah, because like, I, feel I think like... the podcast is sort of like, like the content itself is sort of secondary to the community, but it's also kind of like a thing of which it can gather around. Yeah. It's, it's right. like the watering hole. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It kind of like, uh, gives people a reason to, to come into the discord and talk and, uh, you know, keeps momentum going. It's, it's, it has the same functional purpose as when we do game jams or, when we were streaming or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's that kind of consistent thing that says, Hey, we're still here. So, yeah. Um, looks like ghost goats is online though. So, yeah. Well, um, so with that being said, yeah, we're going to bring, uh, ghost goats games on, um, this might sound like, wow, he's late. No, he's not. We literally were like (laughs) doing a podcast and we were like playing his game that he just launched the other day. And we were like, well, he's online. Should we see if he wants to hop on? Turns out he was across the street at the store, but um, so he is not late. We're just uh, disorganized and crazy, and maybe we should have had him on next week. But we're going to splice some stuff together and um, and and have some fun yep. with it. So anyway, hopefully this g- gives you guys an idea of kind of what to expect in the future. Until then, uh, we are going to try to our best to keep releasing regular episodes. Um, maybe not as consistently as once upon a time. However, uh, you know we don't want to. We don't. We like the momentum we have right now, and uh, we're going to try and let it carry us into uh, the next chapter. Um, you know, I, yeah. I don't know about you, Taylor, but I was kind of viewing it kind of being structured like uh, how stuff works, you know, the podcast. Oh, totally. Kind of, uh, or yeah, or even maybe ologies or something like that. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and uh, get ghosts on. Sounds good. And uh, Yeah. Okay. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly podcast falling to Game Dev Scrubs into Game Devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. And uh, y'all heard it, but we're joined by a special guest, Ghost Goats Games. Say what up. What up? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, those of you in the community know that uh, Ghost Goats just launched a game. Me and Taylor just spent the morning playing the shit out of it. Uh, it's Asteroids but roguelite um tell us 
about the game or don't talk about whatever you want. But I'm a, I'm a little interested in why the hell the game was so easy the first round and why it was so hard every round after. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely got some balance issues. Um, <laughs> so the game is interesting because it started as like a personal challenge that I kind of made to myself to see if I could launch a game in four months, like start to finish. Um, yeah. I fucked up the the timing, like the date, and I actually did it in three months without realizing it. So, because <laughs> <laughs> um, you're just a baller, dude. Yeah, I mean, I straight thug. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I was positive that I had started it April first, and then <clears throat> so I was like looking at the calendar, and I'm like, you know, four months from April first is August first. My birthday is August sixth. It's actually my thirtieth birthday. So I was like, Whoa. man, yeah. I was like, man, it'd be really neat to launch a game in or around my 30th birthday, which is a horrible, horrible <laughs> idea. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. I was watching your Twitter account. It's just like, guys, learn from me. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I got a couple days out and I was actually looking at like my GitHub and I was like, this says I started on May 1st, not April 1st. <laughs> so See, use source control. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> you you retcon April fooled yourself. Yeah, yeah, that must have been it. I don't. I mean, it's kind of hard to keep track of days nowadays. So, dude, oh god, yeah, yeah, it really. Do you is. think that played into it? Just like yeah, it definitely twenty twenty de- time distortion. It definitely did because I normally wow. wouldn't. I don't think I would have been able to do what I just did in a three month span if I was allowed to go to the movies or like to dinner. <laughs> Or anything like, especially like I feel like, w- like what else am I going to do? Like it's the end of the day. I'm like, well, I'm going to go work on my game, and my wife's just like, yeah. What else are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, you're inside sitting for 16 hours a day, anyways. You might as well make a game. Yeah, yeah, Dude, exactly. That's really interesting because, like, you know, at least in my kind of Twitter sphere the conversation is often like, okay, guys, like, let yourselves off the hook. Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, and it's okay to be distracted by it and not be productive in doing all these things. And not not to say that, like, you did anything right or wrong, but, like, that's it's really interesting to me to think that the state of the world played directly into this game release yeah, in, a, yeah. in a very big way yeah yeah it's interesting i've seen a lot of that too and i absolutely agree with it like you shouldn't like i feel like at the start of it everyone was like oh i'm gonna get so ripped i'm gonna um <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to speak spanish and portuguese and yeah. i saw a tweet the other day that made me laugh a lot where someone was like first day of pandemic learn spanish 15th or it was like 50th day of pandemic I should start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so like, um, so like, yeah, I completely understand that. And um, it's definitely not wrong. Just for me, that's just not how I work. If I don't do something, I'm going to get more depressed. Right. So yeah. I made a game. I bought a treadmill and have just been like running my ass off at the same time. Nice. So like for me, I've been super productive, but I, it's probably not a healthy productivity. It's a forget about how everything is the way it is productivity. <laughs> yeah, which is like there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I've been focusing on some projects, but it's, it, you know, different different veins, different mediums, and stuff like that. And and it definitely is 
a nice way to sort of just like because otherwise what am, what am i doing i'm reading the news or i'm on twitter seeing how the world is on fire and mm. it's like you know i had this weird moment like months ago like probably in the spring sometime probably like april may where it was like the first time like in my adult life where i was like pretty close to like a panic attack and you know it was it was just because like i was reading this like doctor's twitter account from like new york city like you know while it was the worst of the worst going on i was like jesus like we're you know things are crazy out there and then i was like man i gotta get off this and do other stuff and and it's and there is a factor of like mental health oh yeah that goes into distracting yourself and doing all this like we're not meant to focus on horrible crazy shit non-stop 24 7 and that's all the world has been from the beginning of 2020 remember we all woke up and it was like oh we assassinated an iranian general oh australia is fantastic all of it yeah yeah yeah, exactly um and then it just kept going it kept i watched rogue one last night and uh you know the scene i'm assuming i'm not spoiling anybody rogue one star wars yeah okay For Uh, for the rest of the world watch this damn movie now i'm gonna spoil it anyway at the very end everybody knows this darth vader is you know the the hallway lights up with his lightsaber and my wife was like my, my wife was like he's 2020 right now and we're the we're those soldiers uh, <laughs> are just getting murdered. it just keeps coming <laughs> it's like he like Dude. force slams somebody in the ceiling and i was like i was like oh there's uh this and there's that and well and there's that, Jeff Bezos making, you know, four hundred oh billion dollars or whatever. It's like thirteen billion dollars one day, and here's this happening, and there's the wildfires. And <laughs> did you I see that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, did Goodbye. you see that in Baghdad they set a record uh, last week that it was hundred and twenty-six degrees Fahrenheit? Wow. <laughs> like yeah, and then oh, also in Canada, like the last ice sheet that you know existed that was like a permanent one there just yeah melted this week so there's definitely been like more permanent ice sheets (laughs) there's definitely been like three or four separate occasions where i've looked back and been like man remember when i was worried about x classmatic (laughs) event that happened one month ago i can't believe i even thought that was a big deal and then like a month goes by and i'm just saying the same thing again like oh hey on the bright side, Trump might might not accept the election results. So. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> hey, let's talk about your game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was yes. kind of my uh, fault, so, to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah. dude. The, well, I think it's fascinating though. I, it's kind of my fault. I, I do think this will be the last thing. It's not. It's <laughs> it's awesome to me that you have taken this thing by the horns and just turned you know lemons into lemonade that's really awesome because i i loved your game dude i picked it up the other day and i haven't had a chance to play it and i, I was just playing all morning um, yeah real quick let me say um you know i've had just big game dev hiatuses the last like year and a half um pretty much only doing omg jam and uh every time i see someone from the community i'm always like excited about game dev again uh or yeah every time i see someone release something and so like uh, you and I talked a little bit, uh, GGG, about doing this whole, like, you know, quarters or, you know, try to release a game every three to four months. And that seems so appealing to me, like doing something that's, um, it's almost like an extended game jam. Yeah. Because nothing feels better than washing your hands clean of a game you've worked on for a long time. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all of us have this, like, big itch to work on a lot of stuff. Um 
And we also have this big itch to release things and also make these like epic games. But the problem is like you get, you know, 10 months into one project and you're tired of it and it's not fun anymore. And we're not professional game developers. We're not making money off of it really. So like, why not? Just yeah. It's, iterate? Um, it's, it's interesting. Like, cause just even my mood and like my relationship with game dev has changed so much in the last like year and a half. Like, Last time I did the podcast when I was, you know, before when I was streaming more and stuff, I had a different job. It was a startup. I enjoyed it. It was like a, you know, it was my first tech job as an Android developer and I did enjoy it, but the company didn't pay that well because it was a startup and um, it was also constantly about to go out of business. So it was like a very <laughs> clear, like it wasn't, it wasn't a long-term solution for me. And I knew that. And I think I was, I think I was subconsciously trying to use game dev as a, like, well, this is my ticket. This is this is how I get out. Which, yeah. like, looking back at it now, don't do not do that. Never do that. Like, it's, it's <laughs> not. Like, game dev isn't a ticket out. Like, we see all these success stories and we see the big games. You don't see the 200 games that someone makes and fails with. Right. Um, it's just not something you can do. Like, go to... Yeah. My favorite example is if you go to the, the people who make Celeste. He has a website called Matt Makes Games. And if you go to his website, he has Celeste and he has Towerfall, which are his two, you know, mega hits. And then the dude has, like, nine links to games that he made that are just trash. Like, you can look <laughs> at them and you know, like, that um, fishing game I made a while ago that looks like a three-year-old <laughs> made it in paint. Like, yeah. they just look like that. And I think that's so awesome that he's, like, not trying to hide that. He's showing, like, yeah, look, you got to you gotta iterate on these junk projects. Um, you can't sit there and get – especially if you're learning. Like, you can't sit there and just work on one project for three years. Like, yeah. I, I really don't – like, once in a while, someone gets through and pumps out a Stardew Valley or something. But it's yeah. not a yeah. good way to go about it, in my opinion. Well, this is something that I talk about all the time. We talked about it last week with Crass. Um, but, you know, it's like the slice of the pie that one needs to, like, help their life get a little better is not that big. Mm -hmm. But you look at what it takes to get any sort of, like, success like Stardew Valley. And it, it it's kind of the same problem I have with, like, listening to some of these big podcasts like Joe Rogan. He always just talks about, like, well, just work harder. And it's like, of course it's easy for you to say that now. Like, yeah. you may as well have just won the lottery. It's, it's like, like it's like somebody wins bias, bias, I think is what it's called. Survivor. Right. Survivor yeah. bias. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it, it, it's like you may, you ask somebody who won the lottery and they're like, dude, just do exactly what I did. <laughs> it works. And so you go to the store and you buy a ticket with your last $5 and you lose. Yeah. But that's because the, the, sometimes the stories of the winners and losers are the same. Yeah. Reminds me of and sometimes you just get the other lucky. day, Rhett. About, what? Uh, reminds me of that tweet you sent the other day, which was like, um, you know, if you want to pay off debt, don't drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. <God. laughs> it's like, be like me, be rich. <laughs> oh, and it's like, you know, Warren Buffett, it's like, I love the guy for like some of his advice and for kind of like demystifying the process of like managing money sometimes. But like, it's like easy for him to say, he's like, my wife controls the amount of money I spend on breakfast in the morning. It's like, motherfucker, you got money to spend on breakfast in the morning? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, it's, it's like, you know, it, and it's kind of ties into that idea too. It's like they always say, like, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And now Franken used to always say, like, well, first you got to have bootstraps. You know, yeah. so it's like, there's a lot that goes into it. And sometimes it's luck. And sometimes it's just the, the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. And well, sometimes it's the, a lot of things. So, at one point, one point I've noticed as we've, like, grown into being you know, 
semi-experienced developers, um, it's funny how often people like will make their first like bigger game, and then a couple years later they go back and they're like, "God, that code was garbage. Oh, like, yeah. there, there's no way I would have wanted to work on this for like two or three years." Like Crass was saying yeah. in the last podcast that uh, Nightfall, he like rewrote the whole thing because. You know, he even had released Nightfall, but in its state, he thought that the code was really bad. And then today right. or yesterday, Zivix was talking about how, like, he might want to either rewrite Bewilderbots from the ground up because the code is so bad or, you know, uh, just scrap it all together and do a different Bewilderbots. So it's yeah. like if you, when you're young as a developer, if you continue to think that your first game is going to be just this masterpiece like and you're I probably wrong i don't get why people think that because if you look at any other hobby on the fucking planet people don't think that like if i want to be a guitarist yeah. i'm not going to sit down and be like okay here's the song i write that makes me a million dollars i don't know how to play yeah. guitar but here it yeah. comes yeah. like right. of course that's not how you do it you've got to <laughs> learn so what i always say is like do whatever whatever interests you most like for some people that is start a giant project and because the most important thing is that you keep working at it like yeah, totally make something small if that sounds fun with the intent of making it and then moving on and continuing to learn if, if making something small sounds so unfun that you don't want to do it then don't do it by all means go and yeah. do that massive project but just right. like be aware that you are learning and that is the point of what you're doing it's not to make yeah. money if you want to make money go be a software developer don't be a game dev like <laughs> absolutely yeah. Yeah, as soon as I got my dev job, I kind of lost that dream a little bit. Right. Yeah. No, that's, like for me, like I have a good job now. Like that startup did eventually go under and I have a much better job that I like more. It pays way more. And for me to make a career out of game dev, like from the amount of money I would have to make off of a game to like justify me quitting my job that I love is, is just not going to happen. Like I would yeah, have absolutely. to make a Stardew Valley level success hit to be able yeah. to turn my back on what I'm doing now. And that's fine. Totally. I, this is a fun hobby for me. I'm going to keep it that way. And right now, today, the thing that is fun is making, you know, three-month games thinking they're four months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, and I think that's what's what's fun about the whole thing, too, is and I think steering it back into your game a little bit. Yeah, let's dig you know, in. I always tell people <laughs> that ideas are a dime a dozen. And so having a great idea, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you put the work in and, and, and some, like you had a great idea and then you made it. Yeah. It's like taking asteroids, but then turning it into kind of like a, you know, almost like I, I, I was making a lot of comparisons like geometry wars and stuff this morning when I was playing and yeah. stuff like that. It's like you combined elements of two different styles of game into one game and made a really awesome, cool idea. And it's, I think, it, and I think it kind of shows it's like, um, you know, what was I saying? Kind of like uh, trying to tie it into that idea of like ideas are a dime a dozen. You you like you said, here's idea A, here's idea B, mash them into idea C and produce something. Yeah. And you spent three months doing it and you pushed it. And that's awesome. The game is so fun. Um, yeah. I don't know where else I'm going with this. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because originally I, the reason I started making this is in the beginning, it was literally just going to be like an asteroids clone, but without the tank controls, like without the, you push up to go forward type deal. Um, yeah. because I had never, I realized when I was thinking about what game I wanted to make, I've never made a non turn-based game. Like every, every little <laughs> game I've ever made has been like grid based movement. And I was like, well, it'd be cool to make a, 
you know, a faster game. So I was like, well, Asteroids is always kind of fun. So I made that. And then I, I don't know, I just kind of kept iterating on it. At one point, I was like, oh, a shop would yeah. be cool. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. like I, it just kind of kept building into what it was. It definitely wasn't me sitting down and planning out this is what I want. And I, I do think that shows a little bit. Um, it certainly <laughs> shows in the code, <laughs> but you won't see that. <laughs> no, I, right, exactly. One of my favorite things, and I haven't experienced many of them because I'm so bad at games, but uh, <laughs> I really like the bosses that you made. There's, yeah. I've already seen like three different flavors of, of the bosses you made, and they have kind of different, um, different abilities, and mm-hmm. they're all, I don't know, they're unique. It's cool to see, I guess I don't play this style of game often, but... Um, you did some stuff that I didn't really, like, I had never thought of, which was, like, you know, you have this one boss that has these giant, it kind of makes this, like, plus symbol with, like, lasers or something, yeah. and then it, like, <laughs> spins around, and you have to, like, stay in one of those quadrants while trying to destroy it, and it was really challenging, but really, really fun, so. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of your game so far. Yeah, I like the yeah. I like the different bosses. One of the things about roguelikes that's all, always bothered me is a lot of them, like the the bosses will be set right. Like your yeah. the first boss is always the first bo- boss, and that's always a bit repetitive to me, um, which is fine. But I I had this idea like. My favorite game of all time is Path of Exile. Um, nice. I've wasted yeah. so much, so many hours. I would have made 10 games by now if I didn't play Path of Exile. But um, something that they do that I think you actually can apply to other games, which is kind of rare just because of how like complex that game is, is um, every piece of content that they make for their game is usable like 12 different ways if they make an enemy they can beef up that enemy behind the scenes change its color and then put it in a different level and now it's like a better version of it and same thing with the bosses like you constantly in that game will fight a boss early in the game and it's a cakewalk but then that boss shows up again 200 hours later and it's just got 30 extra moves and it's all <laughs> big and glowing like i i just really like oh, that cool. idea so i was like yeah. with the bosses i was trying i don't know if i completely pulled it off but i was trying to like kind of mimic that where okay, this boss could be the first boss you fight, it could be the hundredth boss you fight, and I'll just try and tweak the numbers to make it like a challenge either way. I didn't quite hit that, but that is what I was going for. How many bosses do you have? I think there's seven. Oh, cool. Um, I I added one literally the night the game came out. Like, if you watch (laughs) the stream that I put the game out, I add a boss in that stream. Um, So (laughs) it was very quick. But I think that kind of spoke to just like... I for once did a decent job at the code that it wasn't too hard to like add a new enemy and like that. Um, yeah. Looking back, you, I definitely uh... spent way too much time trying to add enemies, trying to add abilities and all that stuff and not enough time actually balancing the game because I do think it's horribly like it's better than it was the day it launched. The day it launched was a mess. Like you saw all these people posting scores that were like, well, I hit the maximum amount of digits an <laughs> ink can hold. So yeah. I'm done. <laughs> like, so it was definitely worse. It's, it's a better spot now, but I think it can still get better. That's kind of fun, though. Like what a fun place to be with a game. Yeah, um, I will say I've never had more fun in my life than nerfing the shit out of an ability that someone (laughs) abused. Like that was that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it shows that people care enough that they're like, 
yo, this thing is broken. Make it better. Yeah, I feel like, like people okay. kept. I feel like people kept not wanting to hurt my feelings or something by sending me a message that yeah. says, "Hey, so I played your game for three hours, and as soon as they said that, I'm just like in this state of bliss, and I'm like, what? You did what? Like you played it for three hours? I don't, I don't care if you had fun. You kept playing, like. Yeah, um, dude, I've never made a game that people have played more than like five minutes. So. Yeah, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't know that I have either. Like even with any of the game jams or anything. So um, there's yeah. definitely something there. I I th- I would really like to get like I know that the second to second combat is fun, which is lucky. Like that's cool that that worked out. Um, <laughs> and so I just kind of think I need to really rein in the roguelite aspects of it. The shop for sure. Like I I know that you're definitely not alone, Taylor, and like not being able to get to the shop ever or very often. Crass was playing it on his stream last night or this morning rather. And um, I watched the VOD for it, and he was he was having similar issues. So I definitely want to, like, move that and introduce it a bit earlier in the game. And there's just a lot of tweaks. But like you said, it's like, what a fun spot to be. Like, I actually got right. feedback. I can adjust it. I can get it in a good spot and then, you know, probably launch it on Steam or something. Well, yeah, what was interesting really cool. to me was the first time I made it to the shop, um, I actually, like, scored way, way worse than my first run. I was like, so I had like no money by the time I got to the shop, but like my first run, I had like 30,000 bucks or something and still didn't make it to the shop, which I was like, so I was kind of surprised when I got to the shop. I was like, what? There's a shop. So, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, originally, and I don't think either of you guys saw this, but originally the thing that people were doing that was super abusive is that before you could pull up the shop whenever you wanted, um, oh. you hit shift, like left shift in the shop. It would give you that three second cooldown. And the shop would pull up. And I thought that was kind of cool. Cause it was like a go as far as you can get as much money and then pull out when, when you can't, you know, when you're, when you're scared and then buy stuff. And I think the shop is designed assuming that like you can do that, but that was immediately a horrible decision because what people <laughs> were doing, what Zivix and Manbeard were doing is they were, they would hit the shop, see if it, they had the item they wanted. If it didn't, they wouldn't, you know, because you can spend money rerolling uh, the items of the shop, but yeah. why do that when you can just start the game again and then hit shift again? And yeah. <laughs> that's so obvious. I I never imagined that for some reason. That was just something yeah. I didn't do. Um, well, that's that's the fun thing is like it's, you're so close to the project. Like some of the obvious like things are going to just slip right under because you you're trying to have like such a wide field of view on everything. Yeah, it was just like. I don't know. I knew how I wanted the game to be played. So when I tested it, I played it the way I wanted it to be played. But at no point did I actually sit down and be like, well, this is the best way to play it. So I should do this, which is what your players will do, whether it's fun or not. Um, It definitely comes back to, and I already knew this lesson, but definitely let people play test your game. Like just definitely do that. I got so zeroed in on releasing it on a certain day and and stuff like that, that I kind of passed by all that stuff. And I, 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 from experience knew that that was going to bite me. I didn't think it would be quite as bad as it was with people immediately, you know, getting such a high score that it rounds over to the negative. But um, (laughs) that's definitely my biggest takeaway from it is like, no matter what, no excuse absolutely let someone else play your game yeah well, you're uh welcome to abuse our free labor policy and gdq community if you oh want. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah if i would have even given it like a day like because i mean that's all it took right and then it was just like three hours after it came out i'm looking at these scores i'm looking at videos that people sent me of them playing it and i'm like oh man this is not even a game this is just <laughs> this is just you tearing through it's stuff. a bloodbath yeah and it's like again my birthday and so I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sitting there like, yeah, I really got to fix this. Like I got to, I would love to relax, but for some reason I released <laughs> a game today. So 
<laughs> uh, so I actually had like two updates come out the day of my like the day the game came out um adjusting like when when enemies show up and stuff like that what enemies show up so it's in a better spot now but it's still I'm definitely going to add a shop before the first boss um now that I've like taken away the control of the player to like make the shop pull up whenever they want I can be really like specific with when it shows right. up and what shows up in it and that's just something that in the past three months I haven't even thought about or had the ability to do because it's always been the player right. pulling up the shop so totally there's a lot well, maybe... to do Maybe you could just make the first wave like a little child wave. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, figuring out the control, shoot some bad guys, do, 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 no boss, the shop comes up, and you buy your stuff, and you're like, oh, there's a shop, great. And yeah. then you get into real life yeah. where you're going to get punished a little bit more, you're going to fight bosses, I don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's they- definitely what I want, because I want I want someone's initial impression of the game to be like, oh, cool, this feels good. And I think that mo- that is most people's initial, like, re- like uh, opinion of the game is like, oh, this feels okay, This I-, I understand how it plays, but then they just get into this crushing, like, is this all there is? How do I beat this guy? Like, I can't do anything. And then, like, when I was watching Crass this morning, the thing that really sucks is, like, Crass did exactly that. He finally beat the boss, he got to an upgrade, and he was like, oh man, a grenade launcher, awesome. So he bought it, and then he started the second wave and got smacked in three seconds. Like, I don't even think he yeah. got to use oh, it. Dang. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this isn't fun, <laughs> like, I gotta fix this. Yeah. That's One thing for me that, I mean, if you introduce difficulty or something, that'd be kind of nice. Like, yeah. the health? No, you can't do that for a roguelite. Get out of here, Taylor. What? Why not? It could be, you know. I'm, I'm completely fine with it. I know that this is like a really hot discussion we're about to get into. I'm <laughs> like, I'm Dude. completely fine with difficulty. I, I don't like if you're on playing on an easier difficulty. That's fine. You're not gonna be capable of getting the score good enough to be on the leaderboard, right? Like that's sure where I'm at. Yeah. And as long as that's how it works, I'm completely like I'm 100 gonna add an easier difficulty. Yeah. Well, because like for me, um, I think you start off with five health. Each yeah. hit is a deduction or whatever. Yeah. Five hits is, I mean, sometimes I get hit multiple times by an asteroid in like the span of two seconds, yeah. you know? Um, so if I could see it being like. That's true. All, you could just have the casual mode and competitive yeah. mode. Yeah, I think that's what I'm, I think I'm going to do something like that. Maybe not even have a leaderboard for casual mode. I also, like, and Taylor hit on it, but the thing that really is punishing right now is you, okay, so, like, if you do get past that first wave, like you were saying, Rhett, you might not have enough money to buy a ton of upgrades, and because it's all completely random, you might not get a health upgrade. So if you don't, you're going into wave two with five health, and now the enemies do two damage instead of one, which which is a massive difference, right? Like, that's, that's, that's a that's a 100% scale up. So hmm. like that just shouldn't I don't know. The game is very difficult early on right now, but like as Zivix has proven, it's easy <laughs> later. Like it's yeah. re- it's it's trivial if you get the right upgrades, which you can do pretty <laughs> easily. So which is like the opposite of how it should feel. Um so I definitely want to I I definitely need to address that and I will in the next, you know, few days. Yeah. Yeah, I felt pretty good that I got on the leaderboard my first run. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean you could score zero and get on the leaderboard, but... Hey, shut up. <laughs> Don't take this away from me. How uh, dare you. Nice. Whatever. I got 15th on the leaderboard out of like 20 or something. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there we go. A little better. I got 16th, <laughs> so Red's still better. And me. to be fair, most of those scores are Zivix abusing yeah. the game completely. True. And then <laughs> the rest of them are people who... Like, the people who were watching me stream right before I released it definitely had an advantage because they saw what I was intending, right? Like, they got the mother of all tutorials. 
Um, whereas the people yeah. who just ran into it blind are just, you know, like they don't even really know what to expect. So, um, yeah, it's actually, the leaderboards are kind of nonsense right now, but sorry. Zivix. I mean, <laughs> there's definitely, I look, there's only one Zivix on there. Then there's a Ziv. Then there's the dead Ziv. Then there's King Ziv. Then there's, so you know what? It's just, can't, uh, can't prove all different people, all, all different people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had, I know we probably don't have much, much time, but a couple questions I had about, yeah. uh, your experience. Uh, one was, um, what was it like using itch? Like it, for me, I've used itch quite a bit, so it's like fairly easy to use, but what was it like in terms of like actually launching a game for So for I've money? used itch before for demos. This is my first time I've ever launched something paid on there. Um, super easy. You, 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 I think I just gave them my PayPal. There's like two options. There's one option where when someone buys the game, the money goes directly to your PayPal like the same day. And then the other option is to let um itch collect all of the money and then they will give it to you in a payment whenever you want as long as seven days have gone by since they've paid it and it suggests doing that because there's some sort of international tax that they handle if you do that um, oh that's so cool. that's yeah so that's the method i did and that's really all there is to it i basically you know, like i have a little number that shows how much money the game's made so far i can hit a button as long as it's been over seven days and they're just going to send that to me and then I think they have like a tax document I can get at some point for taxes next year. But um, other than that, super easy, which is different than my experience <laughs> with Steam. Um, yeah. Like I've been because I, I do want to put this on Steam when it's in a better spot. But I started an LLC last year called Ghost Goats Games just because I was told by, you know, everyone tells you that's what you want to do. Just in case someone yeah. tries to sue the game, they sue the game and not your person. You. Yeah. yeah, so I, I did that, and I've had that for a while, so I want to set up my Steam account to attach to my, my business, which is fine, but there's just, like, a lot of paperwork they need, and there's a lot of gotchas that they give you after you pay the $100 fee. Oh, wow. Which is kind of shitty of them to do. Um, yeah. Like, like I had already bought in 100 bucks to put this game on Steam, and then they were like, okay, well, we need, we need to ver- you need a bank account, a business banking account. You can't use a personal account. And I'm like, okay. And then I start going through the process to get a business account. And because it was my birthday two days ago, my license is expired. And I can't <laughs> renew my license because there's no available appointments. It's appointment only at our, all of the, uh, all of the, we call them DMVs in Michigan, but I know a lot of places call them something else, but, um, there's no appointment. So like, I don't have a valid driver's license. Like I was, I was joking with my wife yesterday, how I'm going to have to transfer ownership of ghost goats games to her name, just because she has a valid ID. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice she's um, your boss now yeah yeah she liked that idea so maybe i won't do it um but yeah so like it was it was a bit trickier with them but and then another thing itch does that's really nice i don't know if everyone knows this is itch lets you choose what percentage that you give them um really you can give them zero if if you want like they're completely i mean I'm, i'm i'm sure they're not fine with it but that's an option you can you can give them no percentage of your of your income, if you want, um, I'm giving them. I think I picked twenty, which is still less than Steam, twenty yeah. percent. But it's really cool that they just let you do that. Dang, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, let's get insight. I was going to ask you about whether or not you had a business. Um, yeah, I do. I haven't. Like, it hasn't come up as far as itch goes at all. Um, it, like, okay. Like they, 
Itch, it seems like, doesn't care about stuff like that, which yeah. maybe I'm leaving myself open in some way that someone could try and sue my Itch game, but, I like, I don't know. I'm not overly worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're fine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you about, if we have time. Yeah, I got, uh, I got time. I'm having fun. Let's keep going. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing was, um, you know, it's pretty cool that you have this kind of community element to it to it with the leaderboard yeah um, and you we talked a tiny bit about this in the discord but you want to talk about what you're using how how it was to set up and all sure that? yeah so there is a there's a website called dreamlow.com uh, just the word dream lo uh i don't it's it's got issues there are things that you could do to manipulate the leaderboard i won't go into because i don't want people to <laughs> manipulate the leaderboard um but it's, it's definitely not the most secure thing and i'm sure that no big name games actually use it but for a for a game jam or for something small like this you can get a leaderboard up and running in unity i think it took me 20 minutes and it was the wow. first time i had ever done any sort of networking whatsoever in unity like that's just something yeah. i've never been interested in um so it works really good there's some issues with it obviously it's not super secure like i was saying also if you put if someone like the reason that zivix's name is different every time is if you put the same name in there as someone who's already like put a name in it will only keep the biggest one um, oh, okay so yeah so like if you if you get a score and you write taylor and then you get a score again and you write taylor again it will actually delete the lowest score which is fine but it, it would break down <laughs> if you had a game that you know a million people were playing right because you right. have to suddenly start looking for okay well i want my score to post but if some dude a thousand spots above me has the same name like there's just no easy way to figure that out Gotcha. Um, without like adding some sort of hash value or something i don't know so yeah i definitely recommend it for game jams having a working leaderboard in a game jam will give you an automatic like 10 points <laughs> right like people go yeah. nuts for that and it's incredibly right. easy with that website but that's cool yeah like and it's it, free to use yeah completely free um dang there he like accepts donations i think but that's i see yeah hell yeah awesome program cool. yeah yeah honestly like you're right it's one of those things that um if you see it in a game, you're just like, whoa, this game's legit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I keep getting asked about it, and it's it took me 20 minutes. Like, there's no yeah, reason not nice. to do it, right? Like, uh, it's Yeah, it's amazing what, like, people have already made for you. You just have to, like, find it and learn how to set something up, which typically, like, you go to their GitHub page, and it tells you the five commands you need to do to set it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how know? this works. It's like one page, yeah. and he gives you examples, and he's like, if you make this call, you you know, it'll this is what yeah. it will return, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's like I barely even know how to program. I just read people's documentation on how to oh. use their easy, yeah. <laughs> easy Everyone way of doing it. Everyone always thinks that, and it's like, dude, no one knows how to program. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty terrifying thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Blow, who is the guy who makes Braid and The Witness and stuff, yeah. um, he has he has a video that isn't game dev related, but it's just this video of this talk that he did. I think he did it in Russia a while back about the he he thinks there's like this doomsday coming as far as programming goes because it's getting so easy to do it that people are learning how to do it not necessarily the best way or the right way and what yeah. he is envisioning is you know 50 years from now when something big breaks something big and archaic gets a bug who's yeah. gonna be around to fix it right, right. right. you're gonna have all of like i i admit it 90 percent of the issues i fix even at work is just me looking at stack overflow 
Um, uh-huh. yep. uh, and like what's going to happen when something that isn't on Stack Overflow happens. I think that's a bit of a pessimistic look, but it's definitely an interesting talk. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, well, the beauty is, is like there's always going to be textbooks for archaic mm-hmm. systems and things like that. Like there's always going to be, you know, a library with <laughs> not necessarily documentation, but... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going to say too is like the farther we get from like programming on machine code or whatever like the more we get into this abstracted like anyone can google their way through it um but i think yeah back back in the old days if you're writing like basic or whatever you you wouldn't google it you'd look at the textbook and the textbook was oftentimes written by people who have like worked on that language. Well, it's like and, written by the guy who invented it. So right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so. um, I don't know. And I do think people are kind of too doomsday about that. I love the fact that it's easy to program. I have no formal yeah. training in game dev whatsoever. I have no formal training in Android development, which is what I do for a living. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I went to college, I learned how to program and then I taught myself these other two like disciplines and have made money doing both of them. So I don't know. I I think it's cool that more and more people are getting exposed to it. And I think that that is awesome. Like everyone always talks about the indie apocalypse because there's, you know, a thousand indie games a day being made, but I think that's dope. I think it's slightly harder to find the good ones, but I think that's fine. I think that anyone who should want to, I would be so upset if I was alive, you know, 50 years ago and it just wasn't, you know, video games started coming out or whatever. And I was just like, man, this, this is, this would be cool to do too bad. I can't like too bad. I'll never figure it out too bad. I'm not, you know, at, at Oxford University figuring it out. like <laughs> Yeah, let alone have enough money to buy a, an Apple 2E or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so <laughs> accessible now, which I think is so cool. And I think because of how accessible it is, you're getting these games that are just bonkers. Like, these games that right. you would never get a AAA company to sign off on. And yeah. they're doing well because, like, it wasn't a safe bet. But, like, Fall Guys wasn't made... Well, Fall Guys was genius from the get-go, but... Um, there are, there are games out there that like no one would have signed off on, but then they came out, they found a community and you know, they're, they're going strong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, um, you know, for, it might be one thing in terms of like the programming apocalypse or whatever might be one thing when we're talking about like financial systems or like health, Mm -hmm. uh, systems or whatever. But if you're like programming games or things that really don't have much of a, negative consequence on like real life stuff absolutely like making sure making it accepts accessible is a really good thing I, um, I, I will say i do think that um a lot of game dev people in general um overvalue good code <laughs> like <I think laughs> that's you would be true. surprised how often some of these games that people like a lot ship with just ridiculous things in their code and i mean yeah, if it works right. it works uh, there's definitely a flip side to that and that's one of the beauties of doing these like four month um games is like if this this asteroid code base actually ended up in an okay spot but if it didn't it wouldn't be that big of a deal you know i could put out a couple updates and then i could be like well my next one will do better like i, I think it's more important to ship a game than it is to make sure that your code is as perfect as it can be yeah, but totally. It does get back in that thing that like you have to do what is fun, or else you're just going to quit and give up. Yeah. So like, yeah. if it's fun to have this perfect, beautiful code system, then by all means do it. It's just not right. fun for me, and that's why I get yeah. a lot of shit when I stream. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's like nobody's seeing the code when they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're playing the game. 
And yeah. if it's fun, it's fun. Like that's as simple as it needs to be. Right. And like you said, if if your if your thing is being super detail oriented and nitpicky and making sure your code looks pretty and is perfect and concise and you know, you can eliminate a thousand lines of worthless code, like by all means, go for it. But yeah, it's I don't know, you know? Some people that that are out there making things and doing what you want to do are often they're doing it. They're being messy. Yeah. They're getting their hands dirty. Things aren't perfect, but they're doing it. You mm. know, the yeah. dude who makes Dicey Dungeons made another game way back in the day. I forget the name of it. I think I think it might just be the letter V or a couple of V's. I forget. I've never played it. It's oh, just a yeah, platformer. Yeah. But he recently made that code um, open source. He put it up on GitHub, and there was like three days of people just roasting him because there was like there was like an if statement that was like three hundred lines long. And it's like, dude, the guy made like the guy does game dev as a career because of that game. No one yeah, gave yeah. a shit about that if statement. Like, yeah. The fact that you care now kind of says that you're maybe barking up the wrong tree with it. Right. Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, I don't know. There's a but, lot of there's there's a lot of people that make careers out of doing things because they've again ideas are dumb and does and they hop on an idea they make a game it's popular it sells the same thing happens in music or the same thing happens in whatever it's like how many people pick up an instrument and they want to play and they want to be famous and it, it, it all starts because they're looking at somebody playing music but then when they get to a certain technical proficiency with it they're like well that guy he never does anything crazy or he doesn't do this or is that not actually good at his instrument or they can't sing it's just auto-tune or whatever but it's like hello they're still making money Someone, you know? yeah, someone enjoys it, so just let that person enjoy it. I, I'm right. not a music guy whatsoever, but a quote that I heard a really long time ago that I really love and kind of sticks with me is that I, I think it was Kurt Cobain, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't play guitar like Jimi Hendrix, but to be fair, he can't play guitar like me either." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kurt Cobain is like cool. was my idol in music. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, um, he's kind of like the inspiration for this whole like, if we can do it, you can too type thing. Because I remember just like. Listening well, yeah, to Nirvana when, all the time and being like, I mean, I learned you, how to play guitar based off Kurt on Cobain. Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, was, I mean, that was all you played. It yeah. sounds like, from what I know of him, he would be the first to tell you that he's not remotely talented yet. Right. He's <laughs> this legendary musician. Like, right. Yeah. But what's crazy is, like, even 30 years later, like, nobody is is doing what he was doing. I mean, they are, you know. They're, but, yeah, I mean, like, they're, they're trying for sure, but, like, but it's yet, unique. Yeah. It, it, it has its own identity, you know, and that, and that's that's again when you're looking at any artistic medium, if if you're doing what you're passionate about, like it's going to stand out because it's you, like you are unique, and so you know that's the type of thing I think when 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 uh, when Ghost goes to saying, um, you know, focus on having fun and doing this type of thing, like that's ultimately what is going to lead to a standout project is when you're focusing on what is fun for you what do you like doing is this fun to work on is this fun to play for you then your game is going to stand out mm -hmm. you have a unique voice and a unique idea and a unique set of experiences that is going to translate into a unique game or a unique song or a unique book or a unique movie or whatever you are working on. Yeah, um, and you're going to be more likely to finish. Right. There's, so, yeah. I mean, finishing is huge. Like being able to actually ship yeah. something is just like, that's, that's like the that's number a skill one in thing. itself. Yeah. Right. Totally. Like, there's, 
Oh, go ahead. No, I was no, going to no. change subject pretty hard. Oh, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> look, you know, like, every every single movie you've seen is just an iteration on the same several concepts. However, there's a reason we still like watching a bunch of these movies, and it's because of the unique flair of the actor, the unique flair of the director, the unique flair of the photographers, the unique flair of the set designers, the unique flair of what all of these things combine to make something that is just different enough that you enjoy it. Yeah. But it's still ultimately the same thing. My favorite games across the spectrum always is just the weird ones, like the weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've just (laughs) never been a big fan of, like, like, that Horizon game. Seems like people really like it. I couldn't get through it. The the Ghost of Tsushima game that came out recently, that, I mean, I'm glad that people like it. It looks like it's a well-made game. That's just not a game that's ever going to appeal to me because it's like, I've played that game 70 times. Give me something fucking bonkers. Like, that's what yeah. I want to do. You know, like, I totally. give I give Kojima a lot of shit because I maybe don't, my, my impression of the guy is maybe not the best, but he makes the weirdest shit. And yeah. that's so cool. Keep doing that. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know. Like, I wish that more people, I wish there was a bigger space in games to make stuff like that. Like, I feel like there's levels to the indie game dev community. Like, you know, there's those AAA games for sure. And they're making those games that are safe. Those games that are going to make a bunch of money. And then there's like this other group that are, like, they get a lot of attention. Like the people who make Celeste, the people who make, you know, other big name indie games that are almost like, you know, they have a hundred employees or whatever, but it's still an indie studio. And that's cool too, that they're making all those platformers and all those games that AAA can't make. But then underneath of that is us. Like we're like the sound, we're like the SoundCloud rappers of game dev. Yeah, and exactly. We can just do whatever the fuck we want. And I think that's so cool. And yeah, uh, people might not buy it, but at least you put something out there that would never have existed before. And I know this sounds like a lot of shit because all I did was make asteroids with a roguelike. Like, that's not what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about making something super fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but what I was going to say is there's the, the guy who he owns, I think it's called Positech Games. I forget his name. It's like Cliff something. Not the big cliff. It's there's like a really big glyph, cliff in game dev, and then there's a, a different cliff. Um, but he makes like a game called Democracy. I think he made uh, Big Pharma. He makes Production Line, which oh, is like yeah, a, okay. a car game. But he was he was tweeting or blogging or something the other day about how um, you got to find this Venn diagram of what you're good at and what you know a lot about that makes you stand out. So like he says, the reason that he can make the the game that is Democracy, which is kind of like a politics simulator is that he knows how to program he's very good at complicated math and he's also very interested in politics and he thinks that that's like a set of of venn diagram that overlaps in the middle there that allows him to be the only person on the planet who could make a game the way he made it that is fun and he says you know for you if you want to if you're sitting there trying to think of a game to make you should try and do that too like don't try and think what's popular think about what is a bit unique about you and your interests that other people can't can't copy. Yeah. Um, I think about that a lot. I think that's really cool. Like, I'm a really big sports fan, which I know is a bit uncommon in in like maybe like the game dev community or like nerd culture. And so it's like this kind of unique chance I have to I could try and make a game that takes elements from a sports game that I really like. Like I play Madden all the time. It's a shit game, but I play it. And that's like, I have this like unique experience and these unique things that I'm shown that, that your average game dev isn't because they would never play a game like that. Yeah. 
See, sports games are, are an interesting thing because there's aspects of sports games that I love and then there's aspects that I don't really care about. And it's like I definitely love like career modes and progression mm-hmm. and I love like management stuff and all that. Like one of my favorite sports games is this dinky little game on Steam called New Star Soccer 5. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Oh, God. It's so fun. It's got to be like the dumbest soccer game of all time, but it's so addicting. And there's so mm-hmm. much like little nuances and complexities to it. And you're managing your player and you're managing your career. And it's like, I'm not a big sports guy, but I love that game. You yeah. Know? Dude, is that – um? do you actually play the matches or do you just simulate yeah. them? You, you play How the you matches. Because yeah. so, like, sometimes – Oh, go ahead. Sometimes like – or if I was playing – um like medieval total war or something sometimes you know like the yeah. main thing that people showcase is like the battle scenes or whatever but the campaign is where it's at well what i was i mean what I, yeah the campaign I'll, sometimes i'll just hit the simulate button and see what happens yeah. i kind of like that where you like same thing with like a football or yeah soccer game well, that's... you set up all the stats and everything and then you just click play and you see the result of what happened yeah well, there's like those football manager games which like i've played despite until recently having no idea how soccer works like it's this game that's over like so complicated all of these (laughs) fine-tuning aspects of running a soccer club and i know that right off the bat that's not going to appeal to 90 percent of people who are into video games but i promise you there are mechanics in that game that are fucking genius and make it the game that it makes but no one's going to give it a chance because because of what it is yeah well it's a soccer it's like it's like the Europa Universalis of a sports yeah. game. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And if you can take the, the, the part of that game that I love that's like trying to build a team, trying to manage the contracts of the players, trying to get their synergy together, <laughs> worrying about the fact that one time I was playing that game, I signed a guy I thought was going to do really good, and it turns out he didn't speak the same language as the rest of the people on my <laughs> team. So he sucked because he couldn't communicate. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, like there's this thing there that if you were able to take that mechanic and translate it to a more traditional video game, something with like people going into dungeons and fighting monsters or something, you would have an absolute hit on your hand. I have no idea how to do it, but I'm looking forward to the day that someone does. (laughs) And that's the type of game that won't exist unless you have these like bottoms of the game dev industry, just absolutely (laughs) like going around in the mud and trying to figure out like this weird ass game to make that no one's made before. Yeah. Like a kind of a, an adventuring like management sim or something, or like a dungeon management sim or yeah, like there's something there. I don't think that I'm the person to make it, but there's like, there's an idea there that, that someone I think could run with. And there's been some, like there's a, there's a game that I really liked and it was really in early access for a long time and it ended up getting dumped, but it was called towns. And it was kind of like a spin on like Minecraft, but like adventuring and all these things. And you kind of managed, like the idea was like managing a little town that was like a hub for adventurers. Mm Mm-hmm. And they would go into the dungeons and they would go and do these things. And you, you didn't control anything. You just kind of like built stuff and managed it. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it's it, RimWorld it, is kind of like that in a way too. Oh, I like, love RimWorld. You, yeah, me too. That game's like crack. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's just another one of those games. I don't know if that would have been made like otherwise, right? It's just not – if you would have sat down and said, okay, here's what I want to try and make. People have been like, ah, there's no, there's no big money in that anymore. They ended up being yeah. wrong. But like right. traditionally See, you would be right. The Venn diagram thing is kind of interesting because it's not something I've really thought about, but that's like when I was trying to like take a crack at doing stand-up comedy, like the, the Venn diagram is something that I naturally kind of did in my mind when I was trying to define like what would sound natural mm-hmm. for like my focus of comedy. And it's kind of interesting. I was like, well, you know, I'm everybody like 
everybody does jokes about this. Everybody does jokes about this. But like, where is my convergence of interests? And like, yeah. what sorts of jokes are there? And like, that's what I did for comedy. And it's interesting that I've never thought about doing it for anything else. Yeah, I think uh, you can apply it to pretty much anything. Because like, yeah. you could like, I could get up there and tell jokes about doing software development. And those are jokes that most people simply can't tell because the Venn diagram <laughs> of people who are into comedy and who are software developers is so tiny. Right. Because of that, they probably won't laugh at my jokes unless they're a software <laughs> developer. But like, it's something to think about. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting like for that. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I saw that the other day and it really kind of stuck with me as like, oh, that that is interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't man. know about you guys, but I got to bring this bad boy in for a landing. Yeah. Um, we, um, we, we talked about doing like, you know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes with, uh, with GGG here and it's been 50. I've loved every second of it. I wish I could go on longer, but um, <laughs> dude, why don't you go? You cowards. absolutely dude Uh, god um is there anything um tell people like you know we'll put the link for your game and everything in the in the show notes but if there's anything else you want to pitch like your social media or maybe maybe your stream or something like that um yeah i mean uh i'm ghost goats on twitter um i think there's a link to it on my itch page for the game uh absolutely check out the game if you want i am going to be making some pretty i I feel a little bit bad because it's starting to feel like it's more of an early access than i originally intended but i think that's okay um i'm going to be updating quite a bit of things with it i'm not quite done with it yet um especially since i was supposed to give it four months and i just didn't uh so it's gonna be a bit of balance coming in the next couple weeks but yeah absolutely check it out um, as far as streaming goes, I mean, I have a Twitch account. It's also Ghost Goats. I have been really on and off with that. I just stream when I feel like, and I don't when I don't. And sometimes that means a month goes by without me streaming. So, uh, you know, check that out at your own risk. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, um, we still have, I think, three keys left. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So if, if yeah, you to figure guys out how want... to get those, hop on the, on the GDQ Discord and look at the announcements uh, page, and there's a little bit of instructions on what to do. Pretty simple. Yep. Um, Tweet about you it. Get yourself, uh, <laughs> you can get yourself a game for free. It's really fun. Um, you know, you can win the key, and if you still want to support uh, Ghost Goats, you can, you know, tip them on itch or something. Tip uh, oh, man, yep. tips have been crazy. I wish I would have brought that up earlier. Like, 50% almost of the money that I've made on itch has come from tips. Like, Oh, that's pe- cool. Yeah, people are really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I was, um, well... I didn't tip fifty percent. Now I feel like an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> well, GDQ did so. Yeah, tip twenty five covered, bro. Which is still yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Sweet. But yeah, guys, well, check out that game. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, thank you, Ghost Ghost Goats, for uh, Ghost whoa, Goats whoa, Goats whoa, Ghost Goats. <laughs> how about how about just Goats Goats Goats? <laughs> I started thinking, yeah. Goats Goats Goats. <laughs> I was thinking of freaking How I Met Your Mother. The boats 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 girl. Oh, I love that. Uh, joke. Yeah, me All too. Right, rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Ghost Goats Goats. goats. Boats. Ghost boats, goats. <laughs> no right, one's going to find my Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm alone in saying that uh, you're welcome back anytime. So uh, if in a few weeks you want to come back and talk about uh, balancing the game and all that, just hit us up and we'll see what oh, yeah, we can do. Cool. Uh, we'll, it's, you know, we were going to just do me and Taylor this morning, but for some reason we decided to reach out. Um, you, we had talked about online, having you on, so. but yeah, exactly. That's what it was. <laughs> We talked about having you on, but then it was like my schedule was kind of strict, um, so we weren't sure. I'm glad it worked out. Um, but yeah, you'll have to come back on sometime and talk about balancing the game or yeah. or uh, maybe your next game launch or whatever it might be. So um, for the rest of y'all, 
Uh, you can pretty much find all the links you need for Game Devs Quest stuff at GameDevsQuest.com. Uh, come join our Discord. I believe the link is on there. Um, if you guys would like to support us financially, you can do so while supporting yourself by going to Humble Bundle and using our affiliate link at bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble buy yourself the latest humble bundle or buy yourself uh, whatever you want on there and a little bit goes to us to keep the lights on it goes to supporting our website goes to supporting um uh, podcast infrastructure if you will uh and we appreciate every penny but if not don't worry about it hell just go to humble bundle and buy something for fun and make sure you give us no money if that's what you want to do Um, support developers (laughs) uh support charity uh all that sort of thing and until indie games yeah exactly absolutely And until next time, guys, this has been this week's episode of Game Devs Quest. Uh, we'll catch Have you next week. time. Yeah. yeah. Cute goats, goats, goats. Goats, goats, goats. Goats, boats, goats, boats.